0: celebrate what God is doing in Kenya. Isn't that wild to think there are women in Kenya and kids who have milk in their stomach today because of you and your faithfulness. And it's so fun to see God at work, not only in Kenya, that's one of 26 places around the world where we're supporting missionaries every day, but it's also fun to see Him at work right here in central indiana and hey to our avon location as well as right here i'm looking around a packed room on a snowy morning when a lot of people would make an excuse can you give each other give each other a round of applause way to go driving through that little bit of snow and ice to get here super proud of you guys well hey we're in this series called the journey of joy and if you're new with us we're really um learning about god's heart for you that God desires for you to have joy in your life. And this isn't some kind of like fake, cheesy smile, pretend like there's no problems in life happiness thing. You know, this isn't some facade. This is a deep inner joy that you can have even as you go through cancer or as you go through difficulty in life. And we've learned that this is God's heart for us, that no matter what we go through, that we can experience an internal supernatural joy through our relationship with God through Jesus. And today, I want to tell you a little bit of my personal story, something a little bit vulnerable that I've not shared before. I don't know for you what your relationship right now is with God and prayer. Uh, I've learned with Christians, there's a lot of people who've never really prayed big prayers. There's also many, many believers who have prayed something and it didn't happen and you got discouraged. And ever since then, prayer has been for you this little bit awkward thing where you want to believe God, but you're kind of afraid that if you really step out and pray a big prayer, you might get let down, and it might shake your faith, or it might discourage you. Do you know what I'm talking about? I want to let you know in my life a situation that falls into that category. And this really starts Probably about 12 years ago, when our firstborn, Jack, came into the world, my wife and I lived in the mountains of Arizona. I had left my career as a journalist, and we were with a a little church, and God was kind of gradually growing it. And in that time, I actually got uh, invited by a church out here in Indiana uh, to speak out here. And it was on that trip, which was about nine years ago, that God called me to Indiana, Indiana. And it was so clear. It was one of those undeniable callings. You're going to raise your kids in the suburbs of Indianapolis. Uh, You're going to lead a ministry here. But at the time, we were still in Arizona. This is a picture I took uh, when I was walking around downtown during that visit and just had this clear sense from God, this is where you're supposed to go. And so from that time on, for about nine years— Pretty much every night of my life since then, I kneel at the side of my bed before I go to sleep, and I pray out loud specifically for what God has planned for me to do in Indiana. But I want to tell you part of the story, because there's some of what God revealed to me there that has not happened yet, and I want to tell you specifically about the time when life took me the exact opposite direction. That's right, after a couple years of praying and knowing God had called us to Indiana, God opened a door and clearly moved us to California. Here's a picture of Jack when we were in California, and I remember being so confused. It was undeniable that that's where he was moving us at that time, and there was this clear prayer, this desire that Mel and I had to raise our kids in the suburbs of Indianapolis— And yet life worked and God worked, and it was completely the opposite direction, right? We're supposed to be going east from Arizona, and instead God took us west. I wonder, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever had a situation where you're praying for something and, you know, it's not like you're praying for $10 million or something. It's like clearly this is, a, this is a good thing. God's in this and then life happens and it takes you in the opposite direction. Can anyone relate to that? You know what I'm talking about? You know that feeling? That's the tension that we're talking about today. In fact, that um, calling to Indiana, which uh, now clearly we're here, but there's still a specific part of it that hasn't happened yet. That and one other thing are two things that I've been praying about for nine years. And two things that in my personal growth with prayer, I stepped out in faith and said, I'm going to pray bolder than ever before. I'm going to prepare as if God's going to do it. I'm going to pray more consistently than ever before. I'm actually going to pray out loud at the side of my bed every night. And here we are nine years later, and kind of half of one has come true, and maybe half of the other one's come true, but nine years, they still haven't fully come to fruition. So here's what I've seen as a pastor. Most believers, when something like that happens, especially when it's uh, maybe in your relationships, maybe you were praying for a healing for a loved one and it didn't happen. Or maybe you were praying that God would restore a relationship. And, and when it cuts deep into your heart, it's devastating. When it doesn't happen the way you thought or as fast as you thought. And I think our, our normal response then is to kind of turn down the volume on our prayers. We pray a little less or we pray a little less bold. We start to settle for, you know, smaller prayers. Here's what we're going to wrestle with today in the Word of God. What can you do? when it seems like God isn't paying attention to your prayers or to your life? It just seems like, God, are you listening? Are you there? Or phrased another way, how can you see God work in that situation in your life? I told you part of one of my two. I'm not gonna reveal the other one or all of it. I will tell you guys down the road when God brings it about or however he does. But what is it for you? If you could see God work in that situation, would you want to? And would you want to know today that you have taken a step closer to God in a way that allows him, invites him to work in that situation? Well, this feeling of spiritual disappointment is exactly what the disciples were feeling in in the true story that we're in here in the Gospel of John. We've been in John chapter 15, and what's happening in the true story is that Jesus has the 12 disciples, and they've been journeying with him for three years. They've seen him heal the blind, raise the dead, miraculously provide food. They're on this great, fantastic train ride with this guy who everybody loves for the most part. And now, on this week of Passover, all of, all of the religious Jewish people have gathered in Jerusalem, and they're like, this is it. Jesus is going to reveal himself as the Messiah. This is it. And, and it doesn't play out the way they thought it would. Jesus starts to tell them that he's going to be falsely accused, that he's going to be whipped and beaten that he's actually going to be tortured and killed and that he's going to allow himself to be the Passover lamb and absorb the sins of the world. And he's going to willingly go to a painful death and then rise from the dead. And the disciples are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Three years, we've been praying with you. We've been walking with you. This is not the way that we thought it was going to happen. In fact, it's so different from how they thought it would happen that one of the 12, you've probably heard of Judas he decides he's gonna jump ship. And you know, it's easy to be judgy of Judas because we see the end of the story, but the reality is from a human perspective, if Jesus wasn't God, then Judas was the smartest guy in the room. Because now as the city starts to turn against Jesus, and it's clear that if you stick with Jesus, you're going to go through some suffering. Judas reads the writing on the wall, and if Jesus isn't God, he makes the smartest choice. He gets out of there. He says, I don't want to suffer. And it's in this moment where Jesus is on his way to the cross, and the disciples' heads are spinning and they feel disappointed, and Judas has betrayed Jesus and left. It's in the middle of this that Jesus, ironically— lays out these secrets to your most joyful and fruitful life, which, you know, footnote, is not your easiest life. Your easiest life is not your best life. But your most joyful and fruitful life is available through Jesus. And in the middle of this, the disciples are confused, is when Jesus says in John 15, verse 7, the answer to our question about prayer, he says this, if you abide in me. And if my words abide in you, then ask whatever you wish, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now we're going to study today this word abide. It means to remain. It means to to be with. But before we get into that, I I just want to pause here and I want to ask a real simple question. You and God, you and God, what if this verse is true? I think there's a lot of people who would say, oh, I believe the Bible's the inspired word of God and I look to it, but they don't believe this verse is really true. That's been me many days of my life. And I just want you right now, suspend your disbelief for a moment. What if this is true? If you could experience the thrill and the joy of seeing God answer your prayers, would you want to? Well, here's how you go about that. Very simply, abide closer. He said, remain in me or abide in me. Ask bolder. I know English teachers, it should be asked more boldly probably, but I like ask bolder. Sounds kind of cool. Okay. Abide closer. Ask bolder then hang in there, persevere with Jesus through the difficulty, through the disappointment. Keep abiding in him, keep asking bolder, and in time, prepare to watch and see God do miracles. So do you want to experience the thrill of answered prayer? Let's look back at this verse, very simple. If you abide in me, and if my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, And it will be done for you. This word abide, you can also translate it remain. And I want to kind of take you on a little explanation of what this word means. Because this word here in John 15, as Jesus gives the secrets to a joyful and fruitful life, he's going to use this word about 12 times within about 11 verses. And I'm going to read you a definition of the word in just a moment. But let's look at one of these verses, John 15 verse 4. Jesus says this, remain in me live your life attached to me and I will also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain or abide it's the same word in me so I'm going to read you the formal fancy Greek definition in a moment but first do you just want to see what this looks like What does it look like to remain or abide? This is exactly what it looks like. I kid you not. See my puppy, Sunny? She lives this Greek word. The Greek word is meno. And here's what it means. To dwell with, to continue, to tarry, to endure, not to depart, to sojourn or travel together, to be held, to be kept continually, to remain as one. So if you've ever had a puppy, especially one that has a little bit of golden retriever in it, like this one, I mean, she's getting bigger, but she doesn't know she's getting bigger. And right here on our neck, that's her favorite place to be. So uh, this is the joy of having a puppy, right? You open the door and the tail's wagging and they run to you. They just want to be where you are. Wherever you sit down, they sit down. You stand up, they stand up. They want to go where you go. They want to be with you. And her disposition in particular, she wants her face to be touching your neck no matter what. That is actually exactly what this word remain or abide means, right? To dwell with, to not depart, to be kept continually, to remain as one. And so Jesus is saying, learn a way of life. Where when life pulls you away from me, sickness pulled you away, discouragement pulled you away, sin pulled you away. He knows those things are gonna happen. He's not down on you. When those things pull you away, get right back with him. Just, just get a little better each day of your life, each week of your life at getting back with Jesus. Remain with him. This is what we learned last week. To live your most joyful life, you must be attached to Jesus in a way that he's my source of life. And this is the difference between religion and a relationship with God. Religion is, and there's some churches that teach religion, sadly, instead of relationship with God. Religion is God's up here, you're down here, you have to work harder to get to him. Relationship with God is believing that God came to you in the person of Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, will not be separated from God, but will have everlasting life. Have you received Jesus to be your Savior and your reconnection to God? And then once you receive him for your salvation, learning to look to him one day and one week at a time in the ups and downs of life. And if you missed last week's message, we really gave you a number of practical real-life tools that you can use to do this. This week, we're learning this second secret to a joyful life, and it's to discover the joy of answered prayer. Have you ever prayed for something big and seen God do it? If not, I want to teach you today how to experience the joy of answered prayer, even if there's been some things that you say, well, I still don't understand that situation. Keep praying on that one, and keep praying for other things, because you're gonna see God work if you remain in Jesus, and if you ask boldly. Now, on prayer, I do want to just say this, because again, some of us come from really traditional backgrounds, and you might think of prayer as like, I have to memorize this thing, I have to go to a certain room, I have to kneel a certain way, it sounds formal. That, all of that stuff is religion, okay? What does Jesus say? Verse 7, you probably haven't memorized it at this point. He said, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish. And here's what prayer really is. It's saying, God, um, I'm sick, will you help me get better? I'm discouraged, will you help me? My marriage, I don't know what to do, will you help me? It's telling God your feelings and then actually asking him to help. And and here's what I, I mean, God's been growing me in prayer for 10 years now, I'm still pretty bad at it because there's a lot of times like I'll get sick, you know, a head cold or the stomach flu or something. I'll be sick for like two days. I'll be telling all my friends, I'm so annoyed I'm sick, texting people, you know, I feel terrible. And after like a day, I'll realize I have not even asked God to make me feel better. I'm whining about how bad I feel, but I haven't even asked him. Am I the only person who does that? Right? Like prayer is, is simply, there's so many things where God wants to meet us and he wants to work. Tell him your feelings. Tell him your fears. Tell him your dreams. Tell him your anxieties. Tell him your worries. He wants to hear these things and he wants to work. In these situations here's what i've found to be true and what i want for you if you make abiding closer to jesus your main thing in life and if you begin asking bold prayers you will be surprised at how god works If you make remaining in Jesus your main thing and asking bold prayers, you will be surprised. Now, I'm not saying everything comes true. I'm not saying it's like he's a genie in a bottle, but I'm saying there will be a joy in your life and there will be ways that he amazes you, that he outdoes what you had imagined. So I want to tell you now some personal stories of some of my prayers for the last year. And uh, this message is a little risky for me. I'm being super vulnerable with you guys. Please assume the best. This message is a little different because we're taking this one verse and we're going way deep on one verse. And really what I wanna share with you now is if you were in my small group and we circled up in my living room and there were 10 of us in there and we all opened our Bibles and we all read John 15 and we all said, how's God working in your life about this? I'm just gonna tell you what God is teaching me. And my hope in this is that it inspires you to remain a little closer to Jesus, to ask a little bolder, and to believe that he's doing miracles right now in our lives in this world. So I'm gonna share with you about a dozen of the things that I prayed for in the last year of 2022. Uh, These started about this time a year ago, many of them. Some started before. Here's the first handful. I was praying this time last year, and some of you were praying with me, that God would open a door for us to start a location in Avon. And we'd prayed for that for a while. We'd knocked on a lot of doors, and it looked impossible. Each of these, by the way, humanly looked really impossible. Then we knew that if God opened a door for Avon, we would need a good pastor to really lead that location. We were also praying with our vision to raise our sons and daughters for Christ, for a youth worldview director to add on to our incredible student ministry and go even deeper with helping our young people understand the historicity of the Bible and a whole bunch of important stuff. We were also praying for an executive pastor to oversee our ministries and operations. And we were praying that Ron Merrill, who was speaking here, would hear from God and move here. Now, each of these to you might not seem, if you haven't done a lot of hiring, like, what's the big deal? Here's the thing. 2022 was a year where Subway couldn't even get enough people to make sandwiches, right? It's a a year where, like, no one can get enough workers. Each one of these roles is like going out into the woods and finding a unicorn, to find someone who's got the education, the values alignment, the theological alignment, they believe our vision. I mean, these are like one out of the 350 million people in the U.S., each one of these. Now, here we are a year later, and here's what God has done. Here's our Avon location. Many of you are gathered there right now. Here's our Avon pastor, Josh Pazold, and his wife, Katie. Youth worldview director, we had been doing a national search. We had paid a national headhunter. For three years, they had been looking. Three years. And then we prayed like never before, and then God brought us not one, but two. (laughs) Incredible. We hired them both because they're both so good. Dr. Zach and Trey, they're just incredible. We kept praying for that executive pastor of ministry and operations. God brought us the best one in the country, I believe. We kept praying, and and Ron and his family heard from God. and They moved here each one of these a miracle answer to prayer and i just want to say this i'm so glad that though i've got two things in my life that i've been praying for for 9 years that haven't happened yet that i haven't given up on prayer because i'm getting to see god answer so many other prayers here's a few more i prayed starting once once we knew we'd had the avon location we knew it would be a small beginning But my prayer was that by the end of the year, it would be averaging 200 plus people per week. Also, I asked the executive team to join me in praying that our Brownsburg location, that our physical attendance just at Brownsburg would grow by 1,000 people per week on average. I also, in my personal life, a friend challenged me and said, John, I'm praying for more faith. And I said, that sounds good. I'm going to start praying for that too. So I started every night at the side of my bed saying, God, I want to have more faith. I had this idea for an app to help people follow Jesus called CP Plus. It was on a napkin. I started praying that God would bring our team together and give us the wisdom to be able to build that app to help people follow Jesus. Also, believing that God would work in Avon and elsewhere, started praying, God, bring us an expert in the commercial real estate space. Like someone that if, if a person was buying apartments or whatever, they would pay this person thousands of dollars. Bring us someone like that who will provide that service to us for free. Well, here's where we are a year later. Avon, the last couple of weeks, 220. Brownsburg, if you were to look at our physical attendance right now versus a year ago, uh, last weekend was up 1,400, the weekend before that was up 1,100. The CP Plus app, many of you are using. And, and the, on the real estate piece, God brought us this person. I was speaking at a conference, and a guy came up to me afterwards. He's one of the top commercial real estate people in the country. He, he controls a lot of the data on the back, uh, the unseen side of it. And he said, I want to help you and your church. And he's got his team. Once a week, they're providing hours to us as they're looking around for us. Um, on the CP Plus app, this is so cool, okay, uh, 4,300 sessions on the second week of use, Uh, many, many here in Indiana and Brownsburg and Avon and Indy, but get this, 123 regular users in Chicago, 49 in St. Louis, 45 in Boston, 43 in Nashville, 38 in Portland, more than a dozen regular users in Phoenix, Louisville, Columbus, Minneapolis, San Diego, etc. God answers bold prayers. Okay, we pray these, yeah, it's God, right? God And I just want you to see that. I know if you're here and you're new, you're like, okay, John, this is all churchy stuff. Good for you. Yay. But I I just want you to know, like, I couldn't have made these things happen. These are things that you you can't force, you can't buy, but we've prayed with bold faith. And you guys, God does answer prayer. I want you to see today. I want you to leave here believing God answers prayer. And maybe for you, it's like, well, what does that mean for my life? So here's, I'm going to get real vulnerable. Here's some stuff. I prayed for in my life in this last year on my personal prayer list. Top of my prayer list was for my two daughters, each of them. I wanted God to bring around each of them godly friends. Not, I mean, they had good friends, but like their closest friends. For my son, as he's entering middle school and, and he's becoming a teenager, praying, God, would you capture his heart? For my marriage with Mel, a year ago, we were in a good place, but we both said we want to be in an even better place. Uh, In personal life, I won't bore you with the details, but there was some investment choices that the economy was clearly shifting. I said, God, give us wisdom with some investments. And then this last one, you guys can laugh at me, okay? I know many of you skipped right to it, okay? (laughs) But I I, want to have a little fun here, and I also want you to, one, don't take the the car one too seriously, because here's what happened. I was praying for the church, praying for my family, And God was growing me in my prayer life. And I pulled out this piece of paper and I wrote, ask bigger. I just thought, like, what else should we ask for? And there's a lot of stuff for the church, for the family. I thought, you know, always wanted an old Porsche 911. That's been my dream since I'm a kid. I was 39 at the time. I thought, you know, I'm going to write this out. Maybe by the time I turn age 50, when I turn age 50, maybe I'll have been able to save up and, and get an old Porsche 911. Lowest thing on the prayer list Three weeks later, I'm with a friend at lunch, and he says, John, what's your dream car? I said, well, you know, it's funny you to ask. I, you know, here's my little story about this prayer. Maybe in my 50s, like I'm a pastor, so people are going to judge me if I ever get it. Even, even though I drive a 300,000-mile Land Cruiser that I bought for $5,000 10 years ago, they're going to judge me. And he, he, I was like, maybe when I'm in my 50s, they won't judge me. He's like, oh, no, they'll still judge you. <laughs> And then he said, you know, John, I want you to go test drive the car, because there, there was one that I had seen. It costs about the price of a used Honda Civic. And um, I went and I drove it, and he said, are you going to get it? And I had done the math, and I was a certain amount, thousands of dollars, short. And he said, my wife and I prayed, we want to give you this exact amount. I, didn't, I hadn't told him the amount. It was the exact amount. Now, here's the thing. Does, does, a, does an old Porsche really matter in eternity? No, it's going to burn up someday, right? If I have to sell it someday for one of our campaigns, I will. But here's the thing. I prayed a bold prayer, and God cared. Like, God, he wants to be involved in your life. And I'm not saying you're going to get everything you ever want, but I am saying from my own experience, you'll be surprised if you really make abiding with him your thing. Keep him your priorities, and you'll be surprised. So here's what God's done in the last year, godly friends for each of my girls. My son's heart, I got to baptize him over here, highlight of my year, this last fall. Me and Mel, that's us on a trip that we got to take last May. God just growing us deeper in our love for each other. And then this car that wouldn't have happened without the friend saying, hey, my wife and I prayed, we wanna give you X amount. And it was exactly what I was short. And so every time I see that car, I'm just reminded like pray bigger, pray bolder. And, and, and here's my point. Again, I, it, it was risky to share this, it's risky, but what I want you to see is God is there and he's listening, remain in him and pray bold prayers. And here's the bottom line. If you're not walking with Jesus and praying big, bigger than like, oh, that was a coincidence. If you're not walking with him and praying big, You're missing out on joy that's available to you. What Jesus, if you read all of John 14 to 17, he's going to suffer. His disciples are going to suffer. What I'm not preaching is there are, you know, TV preachers that you'll see preaching health and wealth, right? They're like, send us your money and God will give you a Bentley. That's not what we're talking about, okay? Not at all. Following Jesus is a sacrifice. It's hard, but I'm telling you, there's joy in it, joy that money can't buy. And one of those joys is the joy of answered prayer, but you won't experience that joy unless you ask for big things. Jesus is not promising you your easiest life, but he is guaranteeing you your best life if you will remain in him and if you'll ask, I love how he phrased it, ask whatever you wish for. So here's my question. Why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you do this? And also my observation, I started this by saying, there are two big things in my life that I've been praying for for nine years that haven't happened yet. I'm sure glad I didn't give up on praying for those dozen things I shared with you in 2022. And just because one situation hasn't worked out the way you wanted or on your timeline, I guarantee you, if you keep praying by faith, the day will come that you'll look back and you'll say, oh, that's how God was doing it. Maybe in this life, maybe in eternity, but you keep praying by faith, you will look back and eventually you'll see, oh God, I submitted to him. I believe that he sees more than I see. He had a good plan. I'm sure glad I didn't give up on praying bold prayers. You know, if I could talk to a younger version of myself, that version of me 10 years ago, when I first heard those two callings that haven't yet fully come to fruition, You know what I would say to the younger version of myself, and it's what I believe God wants me to say to some of you who maybe you haven't been praying because you've been discouraged. Don't give up. Keep walking with God as a way of life. Keep walking with him. Keep asking big, and you will be amazed at what he'll do in you, what he'll do through you, and even what he'll do for you. You know, when I was 25 and I started going to seminary as a hobby, they made me learn ancient Greek, and they made me read hundreds of books, and now I've written some books as well. But what I would tell my younger self is there are certain verses in the Bible where just one verse has the power to change your life if you'll be one of the few people who actually believes it, and this is one of those verses, John 15, verse 7. This verse has the power to change your life. You know, if you learn nothing else, but if you were to actually be one of the few Christians who said, I believe this, and I'm going to live this way, Jesus says, if you remain in me, so I'm always getting closer to Jesus, and if my words remain in you, what happens then? Well, he changes your values and your priorities as his words are in your mind. You're praying for his things. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. He doesn't say it'll be done in 30 seconds. He doesn't say it'll be done the way you uh, imagined or envisioned, but he does say it will be done. So let me ask just super plain question to you. What do you wish for? Jesus said, ask whatever you wish. What do you wish for? I mean, like pull the layers off of your heart. What do you want in life? Do you wish to be a mother? Do you wish to be an author? Do you wish to be a business owner? Do you wish to be a better dad? Do you wish to be healthier in your lifestyle? Do you wish to be free from some vice? Do you want a better marriage? Do you want to see your kids love God? What is it you wish for? Have you actually even identified it? Like, what is it that you want? Remain in Christ. Drink in his word. Tell him daily the desires of your heart. Give him your emotions. Give him your motives. Invite him to shape you. Invite him to fulfill you. Stick with him when it doesn't make sense. Surrender to him when he takes you the opposite direction. Stay faithful in these. And in time, God will grant the desires of your heart in some meaningful and eternal way. Sometimes it's the way you envision. Sometimes it's something far bigger. If you remain in him, trust, keep asking The day will come that you'll look back and you'll say, wow, God actually did it. So, very simple. I don't want to overcomplicate it. And and I would encourage you, if you, you if you don't have a life application study Bible, we'll give you one. Read all of John 13 to 17. There's a lot of context here. But for this one verse, I think it's a simple yes or no choice. What would your yes or no answer be to these two simple questions? Will you this year abide in Jesus as a lifestyle? yes or no? Secondly, will you ask boldly for what you desire, yes or no? Remember our big idea from John 15:7. abide closer, ask bolder, and then watch God work. So when you came in today, there was a card on your seat. If you're online, you can go to cp.news to get this. This is going to be something that you're going to get to fill out right now, and you keep this, okay? This is for you. This is for you if you're saying, I, I, I want to take a step closer to God when it comes to remaining in Jesus or asking bold prayers. And I'm just going to walk you through these three, these three parts of this card. This is completely you and God, okay? If you don't want to experience this, it's your loss. If you do, Great. So on each of these three sections, I'm going to give you a summary from John 13 to 17, very quick. What did that look like in the Bible? And then I'm going to give you some ideas. What could that look like for you? So what does it look like to remain or abide with Jesus? Well, you can look up all these references later, but it means to stick with Jesus when it's confusing. The disciples did. They they stuck with Jesus when it didn't make sense. And maybe you're here and that's you right now. Or maybe you're determining, hey, for, for the upcoming year, When it feels like God's not there, it doesn't make sense. I'm determining now I will stick with Jesus when I'm confused. I'll be with Jesus' people, that you're doing that right now, or getting in a small group helps with that. You'll serve others, or you'll trust Him when it hurts. So those are some options from the text. And then here I'm going to skip ahead remain in him. I'm going to give you some ways to pick to apply this, okay? I'm sorry I'm moving fast. You might need to have like your phone in one hand and you can fill out more later. We're going to give you time to fill out more later, okay? Because I want to keep speeding through here, okay? Remain in him. Here's a few things to pick for that first area. You could say, I'm going to choose I'll be in church every week. If you haven't yet made that choice, that's a great one. You could say, I'm going to choose to stick with Jesus even when it hurts or doesn't make sense, like Peter did and James and John. I'm going to join a a serve team or a small group. Those are some options. There's others as well. These are just some ideas. Now, on this second one, what does it look like for God's word to abide in you? And you you might want to snap a picture of this because these are the biblical principles, and then I'll give you some real steps, okay? If God's word is abiding in your mind, Uh, John 15, 3, it will wash you, it'll purify you. In other words, there will be some times in your life where you realize, oh, that was sinful or that was lustful or wow, I'm a way more selfish husband than I ever thought I was or whatever else. When God's word is in your mind, it it will point out some things in you. It will start to change your priorities. Uh, It wasn't an accident that the old Porsche was the lowest thing on my list. Now, if you had taken a younger version of me, it would have been the first thing on my list. And then after that would have been a Ferrari, and then right, <laughs> and there wouldn't have been anything about the church or my kids, or right. So your priorities will change as God's word is in your mind. Your values will change. You start to realize people are eternal, relationships matter, material things um, are great but they are temporary. You start to think a little more like God, and there's scriptures for each of those here in the Gospel of John. So now we're looking at the second section of the card. And I'm going to give you some potential bullet points you could put in there for your application, okay? Um, The CP Plus app. This is exactly why we designed it. So that 365 days a year, you get one simple Bible verse, one simple prayer. The Word of God is remaining in your mind. Um, Reading your life application study Bible. We'll give you one if you don't have one. And by the way, we'll teach you how to use that. If you don't know where to start, start in the Gospel of John where we're studying. Any weekend here, you can ask any of us, hey, how do I use a life application study Bible? We've got pastors up front. You can even call us in the week. Listen to more worship music. That's a great way for me when I feel like my mind is not really being renewed enough. I just turn on more worship music on my playlists listening to good biblical sermons or Christian books, and then our daily hope text. So, okay, now I'm gonna to move to the third one. I know we're moving real fast. We're gonna have some time in a moment for you to really sit with your card. What does it look like for you to ask whatever you wish? What does that look like? Well, here's the biblical principles. First of all, verbalize your desires. Is it, can you pray silently? Yes, yes. But uh, people in Jesus' day didn't, for the most part. They prayed out loud. In my life, praying out loud, it really helps me focus. It takes it up a level. Me and Mel, we pray out loud together every night uh, before we fall asleep. And and it's great for our marriage, and it's, it's great for our relationship with God. Don't hold back. Matthew 7, as well as what Jesus says here in John 15, tell him all your desires. He won't get tired of listening to you. Ask with confidence. Come boldly. And then keep asking over time. Jesus told a number of stories about people who kept asking. And there's so many stories in the Old Testament as well. Don't give up. So on that third one, <laughs> you guys' pens are going to be furiously moving now. If God would do one thing, what would you ask him to do? And again, we'll give you more time, but just feel free. You can be writing as I'm speaking here. But what, if God would do one thing, I love this. I've been, for the last year, I've been asking God to grow my faith. And I still, I'll say, I I feel like I'll hear him say, ask me anything. And I'm like, wait, are are you sure? Ask me, like my faith is still so small. What would you ask him to do? If you need some ideas to get your mind going, what do you want to see God do in your family? Do you want your kids protected from evil? Does one need to be freed from addiction? Do you need to see God do something in one of their hearts that only he could do? What do you want to see God do in your inner life? Do you want to be a godlier person? Do you want to be a stronger Christian? What do you want to see God do in your career? You can ask for that. What do you want to see him do in your provision, in your purpose, in your desires? Ask him. Here's some of my bold asks for this upcoming year. God size asks, I'm asking God to provide us a building for our Avon location. I'm asking God to provide us a building on the north side because here's the thing, we we keep filling up here and God has so many more people for us to reach. I'm asking God once he provides those buildings that 300 of you will join me in saying, I'm gonna serve at one of those locations. I'll be there for two years to get it going because I believe down the road those locations will be just have just as many people as this one I'm praying every day that God would capture the hearts of our sons and daughters our kids and students as they grow up in a world with so many lies and so much confusion I'm praying that they'll love him that they'll be protected from evil and that they'll live for him all their days those are those are God-sized things right I can't wait to see what God's gonna do so okay Three choices today, and I'm going to tell you a story and give you time to work on your card. Okay, first, will you abide closer to Jesus this year? Some of you might need to rewatch this message. Sorry, I'm moving so fast. Okay. Second, will you intake Jesus' words to remain in you? And then third, will you ask boldly with follow-through? It's really, it's that simple. I want you to imagine in a movement our size, thousands of people with us every weekend— how many prayers God will answer in the next year if we all did this? Can you imagine for the people around you what God's gonna do in their families and in their careers and in the kingdom of God? And I'm gonna close with this true story about a time that I was walking into Penn Station East Coast subs and a homeless guy while I was walking in asked me to buy him some food. And... Um, Uh, you know, he's like, will you get me some food? I said, sure, no problem. This was during COVID when all the seats were like roped off and uh, you like, you had to social distance and stuff. So I was like, hey, wait here. It was warm outside. Wait out here. I'm going to go in. I'm going to get you an amazing sub and I'll bring it right back out to you. So inside I order two loaded Philly cheese steaks. These are some gorgeous sandwiches. They were $9 each at the time. Now they're $14. Thank you, inflation. (laughs) It takes them a while to make these sandwiches. So I wait, and when I walk out front, I get the two sandwiches. The homeless guy is gone. So I actually spend a few minutes walking around the shopping complex trying to find him. Apparently, he had given up while waiting, perhaps a minute or two before I'd gotten out the door. Now, earlier that morning, this was probably two years ago now, with God-sized callings on my heart, I had been claiming the verse where Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. And I had been praying some big prayers. And as I sat in my car and I plopped these two sandwiches onto my passenger seat, I realized that God was opening my eyes in that moment. How many people miss God's provision because they never ask him? But how many more miss God's provision because they ask him and he says, wait here. And then when he returns with the sandwich, they've given up on waiting. Do you have a burden in your life that you haven't even asked God to solve? Also, do you have something in your life where you used to pray for it, but you gave up on it? Something like my two things that I mentioned that for nine years I've been praying and today God's saying, hey, keep waiting at the door, keep praying, keep waiting at the door. God continues to call me to pray with a bold and growing faith for his work here in central Indiana. I know he's already doing miracles and he's got so many miracles over these next 25 years. I'm determined, even though I mess up, I hope you guys know I'm not perfect at this praying stuff. I'm not perfect at never sinning. Neither was Peter. None of us are. But I am determined to wait outside the door with faith, even if it takes 30 years of waiting. I choose to believe in a God who delivers. I choose to prove it by standing there, even when it looks like he's not paying attention. So how about you? Will you join me in waiting for ex- with expectation for God to work? Because here's what I wonder. I wonder how many uneaten sandwiches are on the passenger seat of God's car. How many things that someone prayed a big prayer, but then they gave up and they walked away, and he walks out the door and, I had this for you. Luke 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. Let me pray that for you right now. Father, across this place, for everyone online and in Avon, we invite you to grow our faith. We acknowledge that our faith is weak. We acknowledge, Lord, we've been frustrated at things in life and we haven't even asked you to fix them. So God, I pray right now that your spirit would move, that you would speak to each of us and that we would write down some God-sized prayers. And then, Jesus, that we would live a lifestyle remaining in you when we mess up, that we'd get back with you, that your word would remain in our minds, set our priorities and our values. And, God, I pray for every person in this moment who chooses, they're going to walk with you, they're going to pray bold prayers, that in this next year you would amaze them, you would surprise them, that you'd work in their family, work in their health, work in this world, bring about your kingdom. Do these things, Father, for your glory, for your namesake and for the good of your people. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so our worship team's about to sing, but this moment is designed for you to sit and write, okay? Now, if you wanna stand and worship, you can, but I really wanna encourage you as the worship team sings over you, answer those questions. What are you gonna do to remain in him? What are you gonna ask him for? Have your moment with God right now. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that. And you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us. And please join me again next week for the Connection Point podcast.